Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. There came a time that we felt that God wanted a, a real Christian school. Now, when I say that, there were already church schools in Morondera. They had Christian assemblies. The problem was that none of those kids were being saved. They were being inoculated. Maybe I'll just share this, this uh, medical illustration with you. Polio was a scourge years ago. Even now, I think the older ones amongst us may only just remember the tail end of that. Uh, but the first vaccine that was, was developed was the, the uh, Salk vaccine. And they got the, the polio virus and they weakened it and they actually killed the virus. And then they inoculated the dead virus into people and your immune system would recognize that and start making antibodies to polio. And that was really basically the start of the polio vaccine. And I think that when you teach Christian things in a dead environment, you inoculate people against the real thing. And we found that many of these kids who came out of these church schools would have nothing to do with the church. Um, and they say, no, no, I had to go to chapel at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning. I'm sick and tired of chapel. I don't want to do anything with the church now. And so we, we just uh, prayed about this and the Lord s s said he'd like a really Christian uh, school. And we had a, mem uh, a member, a, a, good, uh, a very experienced teacher in our community whose name was George. And I said to George, he was who was actually working at this, a teacher at this uh, Peter house, and I said to George, what would you really like to do before you retired? Because George was probably in his early 60s. And he said, I'd really love to be part of a proper Christian school. So I said to, to him, well, the community will support you. You don't have to bring your salary in. Um, you can go ahead and do this. And so for two years, he met with the municipality, the educational authorities and everything, all of the groundwork that needs to be done. Because this school is starting from scratch, from Virgin Bush. Um, he found a site, we cleared the site, we started raising money and we built the first block of, of administration um, offices in a classroom. And because of the community he was able to do that, um, because we shared all things in common. See, we had a common purse. All of our earnings went into the common purse. And that meant that, that any decision that was made had to be made com communally. No one could just give up their job because we relied on their income. Or alternatively, if someone was to work in the community, we would say, right, we want you to work here um, and we will give you your support. And so the, we give you, of course, all your accommodation and everything is for free, plus some spending money for, for your own use. So that's the way we, we organize the finances of the community. So I was able to say to George, George, go for it. Uh, do what you can and we'll support you. So um, I and, and John, we were on the uh, founding committee to get the school up and there were some other ministers also of other denominations who were very excited about this. Um, and so we found a, pot, a, a plot of land and we decided that the only way to keep this school a really Christian school was to employ Christian teachers and Christian trustees. Because if you didn't have that, you would lose that. You'd lose that vision. The vision would disappear. So that's what we've done and uh, since 1991. We've had a, a, a group of trustees overseeing everything and they're all committed Christians and you have to be a committed Christian to be a teacher there. So Jill was the first teacher. She started to teach grade one in 1991 
Um, we didn't have any premises then, so she used the Dutch Reformed Church Hall, the stage. We had 21, I think, or 22 kids that had applied, and I'm going to hand, hand over to Jill now for a minute. So, it's great to be here. Thank you for having us. And it's wonderful to see this church flourishing and growing in the Lord. Um, it's wonderful to visit other places and to see people who love the Lord. And you feel family straight away. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm. That as you come among fellow Christians, you feel like family. So there's lots of family in Zimbabwe. Um, so I had the privilege of being the first teacher at Lendi Park School. We'd been longing for a Christian school for such a long time. And we'd even had teachers come and go through our community who also felt like they'd like to be part of it. But somehow the timing wasn't right and they moved on. And eventually, in 1991, the school opened its doors. This, first of all, in the Dutch Reformed Church Hall, where the minister welcomed us enthusiastically and I taught on the stage. So we started with one class and then built up through the years. And after a year and a half or so, we moved to the site of the school where the buildings had been put up. So it was quite a challenge for us to, to work out what is really a Christian school. So our first thing was to establish our mission so that we could follow our mission. And that was to equip our children through Christian education to serve their families, their community, their country, and their God. And so we knew where we were going with what we needed to do. And for children to serve, for anybody to serve, wholeheartedly, one has to know Jesus first. So the first part of our mission was to bring children to know the Lord. And so we, every class begins the day with half an hour of worship and prayer and Bible reading. And it was absolutely lovely to walk around the school and from every class, you'd hear the sound of singing early in the morning and to know that children were praising the Lord and growing in the knowledge of Him. And of course, everyone has to come to a point of actually saying, not you are my parents, God, but you are my God and my Lord. And so that was the aim, that children would come to make their own profession of faith. They weren't pushed, but as time went by, many children would give their lives to the Lord. And it could happen when they were in grade one, and it often happened, because you know young children love to learn about Jesus. And it was my privilege to lead many of them to the Lord in grade one. And just so easy and so simple. Children don't take things, um, they don't have to ask lots of questions. They don't have to, they just believe. And it's amazing and it's wonderful. And so many of that happened, but some, of course, we'd have children join us later on after grade 
one, grade three, we had children coming and joining us. And the parents did not have to be Christians. We did not have to have Christian families come to this school. It was a Christian school because the teachers were Christians. And because we were teaching the children to come to know the Lord. And so that was the first thing. It was so exciting to see children growing in their faith as they put their trust in Jesus. And then of course we had to teach them how to live as Christians and how as they read the Bible that needed to apply in their lives. One of the important things was children learning to say sorry to each other. It's quite difficult. Hmm. It's quite difficult to go up to somebody and say I'm really sorry for what I did. But they had to learn that. And the amazing thing is that the children forgive so easily. And so when a child would go up to somebody else and say, I'm sorry for what I did, that's fine, let's go play. And off they'd go. No more problems. We discovered that it was wonderful to, to sit when there was a, a, a difficult thing to handle, to sit in a circle and say, you just tell so-and-so how you felt when he did that to you, when he tripped you up when you were running and he put his foot out and you fell. And so that person would share, this is how I felt. I felt really upset. I felt that you didn't like me. I felt that you didn't care about me anymore. And then the other child would feel bad about that and say, I'm really sorry. And they'd go off and be friends. And it's been, well, I was in the school for, for 26 years. I spent 15 of them as, as the headmistress. And that was such a joy to have children around that could, I could lead in their faith. I want to just tell you about one boy who came to school in grade one, but he came from a tough family and he was a tough little boy. And we discovered in about, when he was in about grade three to four that he was actually stealing things or we thought he was stealing things because things were going missing from his class, but we could never catch him at it. His name was Rico. And he went right up the school with us never being able to catch him stealing anything from anybody. And yet things went missing and we knew it was him. But in grade seven, Jico gave his life to the Lord. Amazingly, he asked Jesus to come into his heart. About two or three weeks later, he came to see me in my office and he said to me, I've been stealing. So he felt the need to confess that. He felt the need to get it sorted out. And isn't that important in the life of a Christian? to actually realize that we can't carry these things around with us. They're too heavy for us and we need to sort them out. Amen. So I said to him, what do you want to do? And he said, well, first of all, I want to talk to the, the people in my class, the children in my class. So I said, okay, let's go. So we went down to his classroom and I said to the children, Jico has something that he wants to say to you. And so he stood in front of them and he said, I've been stealing from you. I've been stealing a lot through the years and I'm really sorry. 
And it was just amazing to see the response of these children, the way they, they just came up and said, that's fine, we forgive you, everything's okay. And they took him back into the class, nobody judged him, nobody said, oh, why were you doing that? They just forgave him. And then I said to him, is there anything else you want to do about this? And he said, yes, I need to talk to the teachers. 12-year-old boy talking to 20 teachers. So I said, okay, let's do it. So I asked the teachers to stay in, to all come to the, the staff room um, and stay in when the bell rang. And I said, Jekyll wants to talk to you. And he stood up and he confessed to the teachers. He said, I've been stealing through the years and I wanted to say sorry. And I think every teacher wept at the fact that this young boy had the courage, first of all, to confess, and then that it touched their hearts as well. Have I got something hidden in my heart that I need to get right? So that was a wonderful time for us. So that was, that was how, what we wanted to achieve. Of course, we aimed for excellence in education, excellence in sport, but you know, the real motive, the real mission runs along underneath all that. Because when you're doing sport, children need to learn to play their sport in a Christian manner and to care about others, even while they may be rugby tackling them. <laughs> um, even in class, when one child is not as bright as the others, how do we relate and how can we help? How can we serve each other in that? And so we got a lot of group teaching going where children would help each other and serve each other through that. And so even though we, our aims were high in all the areas, the theme, the undergirding of the school was this, we want our children to know the Lord and to follow Him. And so it's been such an exciting 26 years for me. And I retired at the end of last year. And um, along with the excitements, there have been lots of difficulties. I know that every, every country has its problems, but I think Zimbabwe probably has a few more than most. One of the, the, our problems as an independent school, not a government school, but an independent school, was that the government did not like us. And at one point in the early 2000s, around about 2004, the Minister of Education said that he declared war on the independent schools. He didn't want them to exist anymore. So instead of allowing us to peg our fees, he set the fees for us. And of course he set them way below what we needed. Because we were not like the government schools where we received the teacher salaries and where the government came in and did all the maintenance. We had to do everything ourselves. So we were dependent on the fees. And so he set these fees at a very low um, place. And we thought, now what do we do? Because that's not going to keep us running. 
And so we had to go back to the parents and just say to them, um, I think we need to talk about this. And so we had a parents' meeting, and we decided together that we would that the parents would give donations to raise it up to the level of what we needed. Of course, parents are not all the same. Some parents gave, some parents didn't, and so it was a difficult time where some parents, in fact, one parent even stood up and he said, if you come to my house looking for donations, I'll shoot you. And of course, all the parents were horrified, but, the amazing thing is that God saw us through that time. When you look back, you often don't know how. You, don't, you can't put your finger on it, but you just say, wow, the Lord has supplied. Another way the, the government minister of education tried to force us to close was to say to us, you may not, oh, he, we had to apply to the ministry for the fee we wanted to charge and they had to give us the permission to do that and he got quite um, sensitive about the issue so one night um, at the beginning of winter in a May, a May night um, 2005 I think it was Kevin was it um, we were just we had just finished our house group our life group and we were just closing off and somebody said oh there's there's police outside so somebody went outside and came back in and said they want to see you jill i thought oh my word <laughs> and it was eight o'clock at night so i went outside and there were three policemen there and they said to me you need to come with us to the police station and you could be there a while what that meant, I did not know, but I grabbed a jacket and I went and I said to them, can I come in my car? And they said, no, you've got to come with us. So they piled me in their truck and off we went to the police station. Um, when we got to the police station, they took us down a passage. There were two other heads of schools there. They took us down a dark passage. Um, because this was part of the economic crisis in the country, the government had no money, so there were no light bulbs in the verandas, so we just walked down this dark passage, they opened a door, and they pushed me in. And as I went in, I fell over a leg, it was pitch black. I fell over this leg, and I was in a detention cell. The door shut, and there was one other lady inside there. She told me she had been accused of theft, but she said she was not guilty. Who knows? So here I was, the coldest night. It turned so cold, and they only allow you to wear, have one jersey, one blanket, on a cement floor. So I thought, well, what's the best thing to do through the night? Ah, oh, let's praise the Lord. So I got this lady who was in with me to start singing songs with me. And through the night, we sang to the Lord, because it was impossible to sleep, it was so cold, the cement floor was so hard. So that was great, because wherever you are, the Lord does not leave you. He does not forsake you. And that was my testimony for that time, when I was in that police cell, that the Lord was there with me. And wherever we go, we have that confidence. We have that trust. 
So we were, we were charged, the, well I was charged, but um, with opening the school without receiving permission for charging the fees that we were charging on the first day of term. And in fact, we had received the permission, but it hadn't obviously got through to the Minister of Education that we had. Um, so we had, we, I stayed in the cell for the next day and was finally let out about half past four in the afternoon. Um, my secretary was very strong. She came to the, poli to the police station and she said, um, this lady has got diabetes, I need to give her some food. So, I don't have diabetes, but, so I was able to have some food and I shared it with the, the other people who were in there. Um, so we were let out at half past four in the evening and then there were lots of court cases to follow after, after that. So, being at a, at a school in Zimbabwe is not always as easy as it sounds. Being the head is not always as easy as it sounds. There are constant problems. Um, anything else I should talk about? Just about the things on the, on the overhead. Um, what you're seeing um, on the overhead is, is the school hall. Um, the, uh, this was something that Jill's really responsible for, and it's actually, they've named the school hall after her uh, because it's been a long, <laughs> slow business. We, we have $100 uh, capital levy for every, every child, and then we built this hall as, we had, as the money came in. Um, it was our son who's a civil engineer who won the, the tender. We, we recused ourselves, we weren't involved in the choice of that. But he's done a wonderful job and, and we're just very proud that, that this is what we bet behind at the school as a, as a memorial of Jill. So it seats 400. Um, there's a, a window at the end because we, had, we love trees. And at the end, there's some beautiful masasa trees that we wanted to, to preserve. So we've left the window there so people can uh, look out on that beautiful uh, view. Let's lighten, of course. Um, but um, we, we, we just discovered that it's never worthwhile doing something cheaply uh, as a temporary measure. You always regret it. Always do the thing well and properly so that it's going to last. Um, and I think that's probably where, we, where it would be a good idea for us to close, Greg. Uh, we just praise God for his over, overruling in our lives and for all that he's doing, and we hope it will still continue to do. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.